It's not easy keeping up with all those emails in your inbox, but one kind of email is more important than any other, the initial inquiry, and you've got to find a way to prioritize it. Your business depends on it. In this episode, you'll find out what researchers consider too slow for response time, how outsourcing your sales work can kill a business, quick ways to get back to your clients faster, and do's and don'ts for autoresponders. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. When I first started selling weddings, it was easy to get back to people quickly. I worked all the time. I was 28 years old, single, stayed at home in a place where it was dark at four and light at nine for half of the year. And I loved my work. It was new. It was like a honeymoon. But... Then I had kids, and I spent more time at home. Even though I spent more time at home, it didn't mean that I tried to work less. Like all things in life, I tried to have my cake and eat it too. But eventually, I got challenged by the hospitality schedule that I had and when people wanted to plan their weddings. So I worked Thursdays through Mondays. I did that for a long time. I was there when it was busiest, and in the hospitality world of restaurants and weddings and eventually lodging, that meant the weekend. I lived in a destination resort. We were working on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, and I had to get ready on Thursday and clean up on Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday were the slowest days of the week for me in operations, but not in sales. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday were the busiest days of the week for me in sales, while Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were slow. So I had to do work from home. Now, it wasn't too challenging at first when I had Emily long time ago. She was just a little peanut. She slept most of the time. So I could do the work that I needed to while she was taking naps. But then Emily got bigger and she got vocal. If she wasn't sleeping, she might have been awake and she was trying to communicate. And so I had to make sure that she wasn't in the background while I was on the phone doing discovery calls or trying to close deals. And then it got really hard when she got mobile. <laughs> she, she was a late walker, but boy, when she started, she wouldn't stop. I remember we had four acres at our house, a big yard, and I would walk around on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and do discovery calls with clients. And Emily, little two-year-old, three-year-old, was always there with me. And it was challenging to do a discovery call with a two or three year old. So I used to walk around the property with my phone glued to my ear and try and hide so she couldn't see me. And I remember her standing on the deck yelling, daddy, where are you? Like it was some kind of game. And eventually I felt awful that I was trying to do too much. I was trying to balance my work with my role as a dad. And it was not good for anybody. 
Many of you are going through this right now, every day. The pandemic especially brought it out. Not only do we have kids at home and work at home, but kids weren't in school. Even if you don't have kids, you're still trying to juggle all the things, including your current clients, not just the new ones who are hitting your inbox, but the ones that you already have. And nothing's more important than being with a client who's getting married that day or that week or that month. You have to prioritize their urgent and important needs. But you still got to do other things too. Your business doesn't stop just because you have a wedding that weekend. Now, in a small business or any business, there are going to be five main parts. Marketing, sales, service, production, and admin work. Now, admin work you can farm out. A lot of us do already. Things like bookkeeping or plugging away at reports or paying the bills, pushing paper around, filling out our insurance forms, those kinds of things. You can farm a lot of that out. That's great work for a VA. In fact, you can have a VA help out with marketing too. Because marketing is really broken up into two different areas. You have ideas and execution. Now, the execution, the administration of the ideas that you come up with for marketing, those you can delegate. Things like the ideas that you have for posts, for instance, on Instagram or Pinterest, you can farm out to somebody and have them do the work that you have assigned them. Service is another area that you can hire VA in. Or you can automate. Some of the service sequences are great. CRMs, project management tools, they're excellent at sending out workflows, collecting payments, getting contracts signed, reminders. And if you have a VA to help out, even better. But it's mostly going to be you doing the service work. In a service-oriented industry like the wedding industry is, that's going to be important to maintain because we want to have a client journey that's extraordinary and builds referrals fastest way to achieve success through referrals. And that's going to come through a great experience, not just on the big day, but all the days leading up to it. Production, you've got to do as well, except for what you outsource for post-production or through assistants or associates. You can get some help, but in large part, it's probably going to be you or at least you in important periods of the workflow that's going to be leading the day-to-day. But I got to tell you, When I talk to a lot of people in the wedding industry, one of the first things they want to do is get somebody to come in and help with their sales work. And I got to, I got to let you know, sales is something you hold on to with a death grip. It's the last area to give away. It's too important. If you do give it away too soon and to somebody who's unqualified, it really may be the death of your business because the new inquiries that come in and the sales that you make, that's what feeds your business. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone through somebody's numbers and I I pinpoint 8, 12, 15 months ago when things got really busy. I can tell when they got really busy by looking at the calendar and the number of inquiries and just knowing what was going on either generally or in their life. And I know that at that point, they either stopped doing the inquiry work or they responded a hell of a lot slower, or they gave the work to somebody else. So if you do bring in help, make sure that you're focused on delegating tasks that are low risk. 
or take a lot of your time. You don't want to give away anything that's too important in the sales world. And you certainly want to give away the things that suck your time dry. This is, again, administration work. Updating the CRM. Creating contracts. Following up with emails or phone calls. Pinging people on social media. Running reports. Getting analytics. These are behind-the-scenes things that you can do by putting them in front of somebody else and putting them on that task list. But we don't want to give away the important stuff, like discovery calls or writing proposals. These are too important to your booking rates and prices. We've got to spend the time on them. I know you're busy. One of the things that I found is that a big reason why people end up outsourcing some of this work or not even doing it, like skipping the discovery call, it's not just that they don't have time, it's just they don't like it or they aren't good at it. We tend to procrastinate what we don't like doing or what we aren't good at doing. And so if you find yourself wanting to delegate some of the sales work, I'm guessing it's probably one of those two things, if not both. We have time, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. We have the time. It's just what we choose to spend it on. Discovery calls and writing proposals are too important to give away. Now, you can delegate and automate everything before you give up that discovery call or before you give in to a, a generic pricing guide. They're the reason that most pros get ghosted or leave money on the table. If you are skipping the discovery call and trying to sell via email response or you're giving away your packages and pricing on a pricing guide on the initial inquiry response, you are either going to get ghosted at a high rate or you're going to leave money on the table because you're booking at lower rates. You haven't built the value. You haven't built the connection. One of the things that you can try and automate to save time is that initial inquiry response. This is much better than doing away with the discovery call or doing away with a tailored proposal. So because we're holding on to those things like they're sacred cows, because they are in the sales process, we want to look to how else can we save time? And one of those ways that you can do that is by automating the initial inquiry response. Because remember, the goal is not to book somebody on that initial response. You don't get married on the first date. You can fall in love, but you don't get married. The goal is to get to the next step in the sales process. And that next step is a discovery call. You want to spend your time and activities and efforts and all of your persuasive work that you can do to try to get people on the discovery call. And we know that they need a solid reason to get on the call with you. It's not to get to know each other, although that might be important. The real reason that they want to get on a discovery call is they want to get pricing. And they want to see if you're available. And they want to know what they're going to get with your services. And so one of the things that we've got to do is wordsmith that initial inquiry to make sure that they have a solid reason to get on the phone. And that's to get accurate pricing. But before they even read your reason, you've got to connect with them and you've got to get the email in front of them. And that's much more likely to happen if you respond to their inquiry right away. Now, I was doing some research the other week on inquiry response time, and here's what I found. 
a bunch of interesting studies, but there's one, and you may have heard some of the numbers quoted from this back in, I think it was 09 or 08. There was an MIT professor who did a bunch of research on sales calls and inquiries that came through. And there are two numbers that I thought were really important. Number one, you are a hundred times more likely to get into contact with somebody who inquires on a form if you respond within five minutes instead of 30 minutes. A hundred times more likely if you respond within five minutes instead of 30 minutes to get that person on the phone, to contact them. And here's the other thing. After 24 hours, you've got almost no chance. That person has moved on. Now, here's a second number that really stuck out at me. 50%. 50% of vendors who were chosen by the couple were the first ones to contact the inquirer. This was across all industries. But applying these same general numbers to the wedding industry... If you get back to somebody fast, like really fast, five minutes fast, and you're the first person to get into contact with the person who inquired, you have a 50% chance, odds on, to being the one who's picked. The worst thing you can do when somebody inquires because you're busy is to not answer the inquiry at all. I remember some other stat that I heard at a not conference or workshop a couple years ago, the not went through and they had found in their surveys that something like 40, 45% of all inquiries go unresponded to 40% of people who send out an inquiry do not get a response back from a vendor. Now I'm going to assume that's not you, but if it is, please fix that. The second worst thing you can do is to put an out-of-office responder on your email announcing that you're too busy and that you're not available until some later date, like Tuesday. Like, let's say you are working a wedding on Friday or on Saturday and you're prepping on Friday. And you let them know in a very pleasant email, and I see these a lot, that you're taking care of your current clients and that you want to make sure that you're there for them. And so... You're not able to do email correspondence and you'll get back to people when you return to the office on Tuesday. So if it's Friday, you have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday. Quick math says that's 96 hours. And the research that we can study shows that we have a very, very limited chance of one, making contact or two, booking a client if we wait for that long. Even 24 to 48 hours, which is what I see quite a bit on the out-of-office responses, is probably too long. Those people are going to move on. They're going to move on to somebody who's paying attention to them right then. The next worst thing you can do after not answering it or telling them it's going to be a day to three days that you're going to get back to them is have that outsourced intern or VA who doesn't know how to do a lot of sales work and they're now handling your sales process for you. So those are things that we don't want to do. And I'm not calling out anybody because I know that it gets busy. Again, I've been there. When I was doing event sales, my last year, I was responsible for leading the team that sold upwards of 100 events in a year. And I was a lodging director for a resort that did 10,000 room nights a year. 
So I had a housekeeping team and a front desk team and a reservations team in addition to the event sales work that I needed to do. I was busy. My boss, when I left, he literally replaced me with three people. So I know what it's like to be busy and try and sell. But knowing that so much importance lies on getting back to somebody, you've got to find a way to make that happen. So how do we do that? Well, the best thing to do is to check your email immediately after you conclude a block of time spent working. So whether you wake up and get back to people right away, that could be your block of time spent doing something. Or it could be after you have a meeting with somebody, you finish up, you check your email, you skim real quick to see if anybody is new in the inquiry box and you respond to them. It could be Sometime towards the end of the day when you're wrapping things up and you're ready to call it, head home, turn off the computer, move upstairs, whatever it is, you check that email one last time. If you're going to check your email, which I think is important to keep a good boundary on, but if you're going to do it, skim for those who are new inquiries and get back to them. The best thing you can do is get back to them with a quick email under five minutes. That's it. Five minutes. Your email should be no longer than 150 to 200 words. You should be able to type them out with your thumbs very quickly. Do the math. If you had two, four inquiries a week, something like that, that'd be pretty good. That's 100 to 200 a year. Most businesses should be able to feed themselves with 100 to 200 a year. Now, if you spent five minutes on each response, it's something like eight to 16 hours a year is what you would spend responding. Now, if you worked 50 hours a week and 50 works a year, 2,500 hours, that's half of 1% of your time responding to the initial inquiry. That's it. Not a lot of time. Not a lot of time spent feeding your business. Even on the wedding day, you got to get back to them as fast as possible. Do it on a break or before you head home that night. But I don't blame you if that's too much. Especially if you're on your feet, you're tired, you're not thinking straight. It all sounds good on a piece of paper, but I've been there. I've been the dad who's trying to figure out how to put it all together, up at four, working, getting home late, getting woken up in the middle of the night, doing a feeding, changing a diaper. It's not easy, but we've got to do something to make sure that that couple gets an inquiry response from us. So here's one of the things that I recommend to all my clients and now I'm recommending to you. It's something that we're talking about in our Level Up Coaching Program, and that is a solid out-of-office email. Not your typical out-of-office email, but an autoresponder that's set up with a super short piece of copy that directs them to a CTA and links to a hidden web page. Now, I'm not talking about a traditional pricing guide. Because they're not ready for pricing and package specifics. When people inquire, all you're trying to do is get them on the phone, not buy your services. So we're not trying to overwhelm them with all of the information with a long, lengthy email and attached pricing guide. We're not trying to even send them to a hidden web page with a pricing guide, which is what I see a lot of people do. You need to get them interested in the services that you offer and show them the path forward. That's what we're trying to do at this stage. We're trying to create deal momentum. We need to get them off of the status quo. 
which is not doing anything. So if you go back to the five stages of awareness, right? This is Eugene Schwartz. We've talked about this in the past. Unaware, problem aware, solution aware, product aware, and then most aware. When you walk people through those five stages, you've got to provide the right info at the right time. Now, when somebody inquires, they're likely in a solution aware stage. They're aware of the different solutions that are out there to the problems that they have. And they want to move from being in that stage to product aware stage where they're aware of the specific products that you offer and how they can benefit them differently than other people. So what you're trying to do when somebody is reading content that you've created for the solution aware stage, you're trying to reframe their understanding of what they think the solution involves, what you, what you do for them. They need to know the process to follow to get that new solution once they know about it. You're going to reframe their understanding, a surprising insight that they didn't know about, and they're going to go, oh, okay, that's interesting. I need to know more. My curiosity is piqued. Also, we want to build desire with words and images. We have to entice them down the rabbit hole. We want to build that momentum. The more that they desire your services, the more likely they are to get off a of status quo and the more likely they are to pay a higher rate. You want to know why people aren't moving fast? It's because they don't desire it enough. You've got to create that desire. Now, we offer this kind of service, this hidden web page with this formula that we have for converting people from solution aware towards product aware. And our clients are seeing amazing results. I offer it to two kinds of people who are in the wedding industry. Number one, people who are doing a lot of volume. And number two, people who are in luxury. Basically, if the number of inquiries far exceeds the supply of dates that you have and the time to respond to them all, you've got to find a way to get back to people fast without sucking your time dry. It's one of the reasons we're offering the done-for-you service in our new Level Up Coaching Program. This inquiry response, if you are so busy that you can't get back to all the people that you need to, is too important to let go of. You can't just not do it. You can't procrastinate it. You can't automate it entirely. You can't give away all the responsibility to somebody who doesn't have the training or the skills. There are certain things that you've got to hold on to like the discovery call and the proposal, especially if you're personalizing and customizing the proposals, which you should be doing at that level. But that automated response that goes out to link to that hidden inquiry page, that's something that you can have done for you. Something that sells your services over and over and over again. And something that if done right can pre-qualify people before you get on the phone with them. Because if you want a coin toss chance of closing the deal, 50-50, your best bet is to win at contacting and connecting before other vendors take away your opportunity. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. 
If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 